Welcome back to Balls Deep with Devin and Jovan. I'm your host, Devin. He's uh, my co-host, Jovan. Uh, we're a bit excited for today's episode as we have a couple of guests lined up for you. Um, but before we get started, just you know, make sure to like, follow, and subscribe. Now he takes off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Now he runs the opposite way. He runs at the 50. He runs at the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20. They're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms. Bare-chested. Somebody stop Look that out. man. Here comes the blue coat. Oh, they got him. Here comes They're coming the blue from the coat. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. And now for our feature presentation. Balls deep with Devin and to start today's episode, we're going to talk about some boxing. Uh, recently, we had, you know, the unified lightweight uh, championship fight between Teofimo Lopez and Vasily Lomachenko. Um, you know, it was a big fight, obviously, leading up to it. Um, it de definitely lived up to the standings uh, because it was a great fight. And um, we've seen, you know, an upset. Teofimo Lopez came out on top, beating uh, Lomachenko, uh, which came to a surprise by many i mean uh he was he has been calling you know lomachenko out for a few years now him and his father but you know to finally get the opportunity to fight him and actually you know go out and beat him it i have i didn't expect that many people didn't expect that but he came out and proved himself uh you know and you know started his legacy in a sense but it was a great fight um I know Lomachenko came out and I guess he, you know, didn't feel that it was the fight was scored correctly, which many agree. Um, I think you mentioned that to me as well, which I agree. I think the scoring was, you know, all over the place a bit. Um, I had the, the fight scored 7-5 uh, in Lopez's favor. Um, I don't know what you had it scored as. Uh, what do you think of the fight? What you have it scored as? Uh, yeah. Um, ultimately, I mean, it was an amazing fight. I think uh, it started really slow. Lomachenko uh, wasn't really throwing much at all. Um, so it was kind of easy for uh, Teofimo to uh, take those early rounds. Like, fairly easy because uh, Lomachenko wasn't, you know, throwing basically at all. I mean, and everybody was saying, you know, I mean, he he always uh, he's known to uh, for starting slow. Um, so it was really no surprise to people that it, it he started slow. It was more of a surprise that it took as long for him to get going as it did. Um, you know, usually it's only like you know three to four rounds. I mean, he didn't really get going until the seventh. Um, uh, so really, I think that was his biggest downfall. Um, it was a really close fight. I could see 7-5. I could also see 6-6 uh, for a tie. I think um, 
The big difference, though, and the reason I think that the judges uh, gave Teofimo the win, although I don't agree with the scoring at all, uh, that scoring was way too far apart. Um, the only reason I can see uh, the judges obviously giving the win to Teofimo, and I'm not mad at it at all because I would have I would have honestly gave him the win uh, as well, even though, like I said, it was definitely close enough, in my opinion, for a draw. Um, only reason I would have given him the win is because the rounds I think uh, Teofimo won were more uh, obvious, you know, especially with Lomachenko not really throwing much uh, in the beginning of the fight. He was winning them fairly easy, like I said. Uh, and then when it came to the later rounds, Lomachenko was was winning them, but, you know, Teofimo was still, you know, getting hits in. He was making them close rounds. He was yeah. keeping the fight competitive, even in the rounds that it was kind of obvious he was losing. He was still giving him a fight. Uh, yeah, they weren't easy rounds in Lomachenko's favor. 100%. And so I definitely could see why the judges would would have probably a couple rounds where I would have gave it to Lomachenko. Maybe the judges kind of swayed differently, um, especially I think a big a big round for Teofimo was the 12th round where that one was clearly his. Um, he was just, you know, they're both tired, um, both after having great fights, but Teofimo was just kind of, you know, sending shots you know just trying to land everything so and he just looked like he wanted it more um so ultimately i think uh lomachenko obviously i don't i agree with him uh the scoring wasn't good but ultimately he still lost that fight in my opinion um and i can 100 percent see why like i said all the rounds that he won weren't as clear and obvious as you know the ones that teofimo won so yeah for me i could see any score ranging from 6-6 to 8-4 um but in my opinion, there was no way Lomachenko won. If anything, there was a draw. But I, I feel like Lopez, the, the right guy, won the fight regardless of the score. Uh, I just don't agree with the score. I know one judge scored it like 11 to 1, which I found crazy. Um, but I think Lomachenko took too long to get going and that, you know, ultimately played in his downfall. Um, it partially could be because of his shoulder, because I know immediately after the fight, he. He got shoulder surgery, and I guess there that was an issue prior to the fight. And you know, he threatened to you know pull uh, to retire if they pulled him out of the fight, um, which was strange. But I guess he wanted to go through with it, and um, that just shows a lot about his heart and you know his passion for it. But I think I would like to see him go you know fully healthy. But I think Lopez now getting the experience with him in the ring is you know. He's more at an advantage, regardless. Uh, he's also younger, um, so he's only going to get wiser as things go on. But I think the, the right guy won the fight. I think Lomacheco, he's big on, you know, getting close and getting inside. And um, Lopez, you know, made sure of that, like, to prevent that from happening by either, you know, hitting with a uppercut as he comes in or, you know, a jab. Um, I think he did really well in, you know, keeping his separation from him. Uh, and... Like you said, that fourth round just shows, like, he could easily, you know, just try to stay away from Lomachenko and go go ahead with the win. But, you know, he was grinding it out and, you know, exchanging punches, essentially. Uh, yeah. it was clearly, that was his round. Um, I had one through six um, his round as well. And I had from seven to 11 uh, Lomachenko. And I think... Yeah, I mean, I mean, in my opinion, I thought uh, round two I uh, gave to Lomachenko. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, round two, yeah. But but also, um, I I kind of think completely opposite of you. I think that if they do fight again, uh, 
Vasil actually has the advantage. Uh, considering, like you said, uh, Teofimo is young, um, but you know, Lomachenko is probably the most technical boxer in the sport. Uh, so the more he gets to see of you, I think the worse off you are. And that's why he only starts to take fights later in the rounds. Uh, so I, I think that if he were to see him in a second fight, um, I mean, obviously, Teofimo still could win. I, I mean, you could see fr from uh, that fight, especially, like I said, the 12th round, that he has a lot of heart. So, I mean, it, you know, it, could, still, it could still go his way. But I think the more that, that uh, Lomachenko gets to see of you, the worse off that you are. So I honestly actually think that if they were to re uh, rematch uh, and they were both healthy, um, I, I think Lomachenko wins that fight. But yeah, it was, a, it was a great fight. I mean, I agree with you that, you know, his experience and his te technicality, you know, might help him win the second fight. I just think, you know, having that experience with him in uh, the ring – you know, it won't come as much of a surprise in a sense. Um, Teofimo came out and said after the fight that uh, he was expecting more from Lomachenko. He seemed, you know, a lot more basic than he actually he actually was preparing for, which I think partially was because of his injury. But I don't want to take away from his, that victory because yeah, that victory was definitely more Lopez than it was Lomachenko. Um, but I just think I, w I wouldn't go out and, you know, talk a little too much because I, I think they'll, you know, again, they'll meet again eventually uh, down, down the road. But I do think Lomachenko has got to earn his way back, especially after that fight. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, uh, we're going to move on to the NFL. Some uh, pretty big news going on in the NFL. Um, the Vikings just traded uh, Yannick Ngakwe. Um, they traded him to Baltimore, Baltimore Ravens, who on defense is really scary now. Uh, what do you think about the move, uh, and the, from, from the Ravens point of view and also, you know, from the Vikings point of view? So the move came out as a surprise to me, especially because they just acquired the guy like two months ago from the Jaguars. They got, they traded away a second round pick, a 20, a 21 second round pick and a fifth a 2022 uh, fifth-round pick, conditional fifth-round pick uh, in August, and then they just acquired a 2021 third and a 2022 conditional fifth from the Ravens uh, just now. So the move for me, just as from the Vikings' point of view, like they're giving up on the season, they're waving the white flag. Um, they're, in the words of Max Kellerman, uh, Sever for Trevor, I think, you know, they're essentially trying to, you know, get Trevor Lawrence in a Vikings uniform because Kirk Cousins just doesn't seem to be the guy in Minnesota. Um, but yeah, they just seem to be giving up. So they seem to me it tells it tells me this at this deadline they're going to be sellers, not buyers. Um, so I can see a lot more moves coming from that team, especially like Anthony Harris, who's on franchise tag. I can see him possibly getting traded um, as well. So I just see them as more sellers, and then for the Ravens. They're definitely buyers. They're championship contenders, um, and they just got better on defense. I mean, now they have the tandem from, you know, I think it was 2017 AFC Championship from the Jaguars. They got Khalees Campbell and now Yannick Ngakwe. Um, so they got Ngakwe to go across uh, Matt Judon, which is scary. Patrick Queen is can easily be, you know, he's arguably the defensive rookie of the year, playing outstanding. And then you got that secondary who's just been phenomenal. So that team just got scarier. I don't know how they're fitting all this under the cap. 
Um, but it could be partially because of Mark Jackson still on his rookie deal. Uh, but I think, you know, they're, they're, both teams are going in opposite directions, and it seems pretty evident. Yeah, I mean, it's clear that, you know, the Ravens are trying to make moves because, I mean, they can beat almost any team on the field uh, when they need to, obviously, when they're playing at their best. But um, even as Lamar Jackson said, I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs seem to be their kryptonite. They can't seem to find a way to beat them. Um, and, I mean, acquiring Yannick Ngakwe uh, couldn't hurt. I mean, applying a lot more pressure to the offensive line, putting pressure on Patrick Mahomes, you know, trying to get to the quarterback quicker. I mean, He's definitely a player that I could see being a difference maker in that matchup, in that potential matchup down the road and, like, finally getting over that hump and beating them. Uh, so I love this move by the Ravens. Uh, we know how great their defense is already. Uh, and then, uh, clearly, obviously, their offense uh, run by Lamar Jackson. Um, so I love this move by the Ravens. Uh, I'm on the same boat with you when it comes to the Vikings. Um, clearly, they're giving up on the season. I think that they're just, like you said, they're sellers uh, more so for the fact that not only because they're trying to kind of rebuild in the spots that they need, but also to have that, you know, uh, draft capital to where if they at any point really need to move up to possibly get their QB or or any specific player really at any point, you know, they're going to have those picks to be able to give up and, and, you know, jump on that QB if, you know, they fall too far down the draft. So I think uh, I think that's what the Vikings are doing, exactly what you said, just – they're giving up on the season. Uh, they're trying to acquire more draft picks to, you know, get more players or, you know, move up spots if, if they see fit later on. Yeah, that draft capital is going to be definitely uh, beneficial, it, whether they decide to do a full rebuild or just rebuild that defense because that defense is essentially what's hindering them outside yeah. of Kirk Cousins because that offense is pretty good. Um, yeah. and it, has, it has the talent to be successful in the NFL with Dalvin Cook, uh, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. Uh, it's pretty talented. Um but speaking of, of the Ravens, I I do love the move as well. I, I love Yannick Ngakwe as a player. Like we mentioned in prior episodes, um, when he first got traded, uh, I wanted the Giants to trade for him, and it didn't happen. So um, with that, the Ravens, in my opinion, won this trade. Um, but they're also making moves on the offensive end. Uh, they just signed Des Bryant to their practice squad, um, which is, comes as a surprise. He, it's been like two and a half years since he's played a snap of football. I know he signed with the uh, Saints last year, but then he got injured prior to the season, so that was unable to happen. Um, I love the move. I, I'm happy for the guy. I, I'm happy he's getting an, uh, another opportunity. I hope he gets the opportunity, you know. In the big leagues, obviously not just the practice squad. I hope he makes it to the official roster and also get some PT. Just to, you know, show how much juice he has left in, in the tank. Um, but, you know, he's gotten a bad rap from his, you know, leaving the Cowboys. I kind of want to see him redeem himself and show that he's not as bad as people claim him to be. Yeah, I mean, uh, Des Bryant, I love this finding, honestly. Um, I think Des Bryant, I've always loved Des Bryant as a football player, even though he was a Dallas Cowboy. Uh, he's definitely somebody that I wish I could see in a Giants uniform. Um, but especially with the passion he plays, but he's definitely a guy that I feel like the Ravens are probably bringing in now, uh, leaving him on the practice squad, trying to get him some reps. And like you said, he hasn't played in two and a half years. Um, so he's definitely a guy I see that probably try to get reps for. And then later on in the season when they're making that playoff push, maybe call him up and, you know, try to, try to, you know, get some, get some, some, like you said, some of that juice left out of him, uh, for a nice playoff push, uh, try to compete with that high powered offense. Like I said, in the chiefs again, cause 
Um, they, you know, obviously they don't lack anywhere on defense. It's really their offense is going to be able to keep up. And I mean, uh, with the addition of Des Bryant late in the season, that that obviously be uh, be a big help, especially um, you know how how good he is as as a deep threat and as a red zone threat. I mean, I love the move. Yeah, and then so from one uh, receiver with bad rep to another receiver with a bad rep. So today the news came out that um, Antonio Brown, he has signed a one-year deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> Bless you. Um, I know um, in recent days, Adam Schefter, uh, Adam Schefter, he reported that the Seahawks were positioned to make a, a big push uh, for Antonio Brown now that, you know, his suspension uh, essentially is over. And he's, he'll be eligible after week eight. Um, but then, you know, he went a different direction and signed with the Bucks, which came as a surprise to me because uh, Bruce Arians came out earlier in the season and he essentially turned it down saying, you know, he wants nothing to do with him, even though Brady, you know, was pushing for the move. Um, I'm not a fan of the move, honestly. I think, obviously, he's going to a contender and he's going with Brady, who he, for the short glimpse that he, he was in New England, was very successful um, with. Um, I think he should have went to Seattle. Um, I think that would have been the better move uh, just because Seattle, I think, could have carved, carved out a bigger role for him in their offense. Um, they could have definitely used him a, a bit more um, just because Tampa Bay has too many weapons. And I think he's not going to get as, as much of the target share that he's accustomed to. Um, but with Seattle, I think Seattle would have welcomed him with open arms. They're, they're Like I mentioned before with the Jamal Adams trade, they're, they're known for, you know, taking in those big personalities and kind of embracing it. Uh, Pete Carroll is, you know, a player's coach. I think having that kind of atmosphere and, you know, having Russell Wilson as your quarterback, I felt like that would have been a great tandem. And then having, you know, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett there to, you know, help out, I think he would have been more successful in Seattle. But even with Tampa, I think he'll do well. I'm not saying he won't. I just don't think it'll be the move to, you know, help him out, but also push – Tampa Bay over the hump to make it to Super Bowl. I, I don't even think they make it to Super Bowl, even with Antonio Brown on their team. Yeah, I mean, from a fantasy standpoint, I love this move. Uh, even though I have Tyler Lockett on my team, so I don't want that wide receiver uh, core getting, you know, too too uh, loaded, too backed up. Um, you know, I need him to get his touches. But I agree. I mean, I, I think obviously he would have done a lot. He would have fared a lot uh, better in Seattle. They could have used him a lot more. Um, I don't know how much better this makes the Bucks. Uh, it's really kind of hard to, to to judge, really, in my opinion. I don't know how much better it makes them, although it, now it's going to be kind of tough. You, I mean, you got to double somebody. I mean, you got Mike Evans, you got A.B., and Chris Godwin is, is no scrub. So um, it's going to be – If healthy, though. If healthy. If healthy. If healthy, there will be a problem. Definitely, and 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 that's where and that's really where where it lies. I mean, can the Bucks stay healthy? Uh, can their defense kind of keep up this like astounding play that they've had? I mean, we saw what they did against the Packers. Kept Aaron Rodgers in that amazing Packers offense to only ten points, uh, while Aaron Rodgers is having an MVP season. So uh, that was a shocker. But I, I think how are they are they going to be able to keep up that defensive play uh, throughout the season when they, you know, when they got to beat teams like, you know. The Saints, or you know, if they have to see the Packers again, if they have to face, I mean, there's so many high-powered offenses in the NFC, so yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to be tough. Even even having to face Seattle, I mean, that's going to be a tough matchup for them. I mean, I think the receiver room is scary with you know Evans, Godwin, now Antonio Brown. They yeah. even got Scotty Miller, who's you know flying under the radar. 
Um, he seems to be Tom Brady's new Julian Edelman. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think, um, you know, the re- receiver room is scary, but the injury, the injuries that they've dealt with thus, this, thus far um, needs to get cleaned up if they want to see a Super Bowl opportunity or a Super Bowl appearance. Just because Godwin hasn't seemed to be staying healthy, and whenever they get Godwin back, Evans is hurt. Or even now, Leonard Fournette is a little banged up. Um, so they just need to, you know, stay healthy. It seems like they get one back and then they lose one. They haven't really seen um, the full set of weapons all at once because now O.J. Howard is out, what, out for season? So now that's one less weapon as well. So it's another weapon for Brady. So I'm not mad about it because I got Brady in fantasy. So, like, a fan's perspective, I'm not mad at the move, but... I'm just thinking more of the benefit uh, to, obviously, Antonio Brown looking to bounce back, obviously, from mm-hmm. where his past situations before the suspension. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely good for them. I mean, like like we said, I mean, their, their biggest problem on offense right now is staying healthy. Uh, so, obviously, having Antonio Brown and, you know, having another receiver there for when there are guys out is only going to help them. All righty. So, with that, we're going to, you know, be back with more Balls Deep, and uh, we'll be joined by a few guests, so stay tuned. Yo, what's up, everybody? King Triple C here, the Olympic champ, the flyweight champ, and the bantamweight champion of the world. In other words, the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Man, that's right. Anyhow, I want to give a special shout-out to Devin and Jovan. I know you guys have started your podcast, Balls Deep. With Devin and Jovan, I want to congratulate you guys. And I want to tell everybody that's out there that doesn't know about them. So you guys follow them. Subscribe to them. And you guys make sure to follow them on all your social media platforms. Because if you don't, you guys can bend need a triple C. All right, guys. So we're back. Um, Nico, I don't know what the hell he's doing. But as you already know from past episodes, uh, Nico, you're very familiar with him. But... We're also joined by my cousin Eli. Um, you know, he's a big time wrestler. Uh, so I don't know all his accolades. I'm sure he can name them for you, but he's currently in college. Nico said he looks like he's in jail, but that's <laughs> another story. But um, hey, so we got two mixed martial artists uh, joining us for today to talk about, you know, was it UFC 254? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So UFC 254, we're going to talk about the main card, the main card, uh, main events. Which is you know Khabib Gaethje and um, Whitaker uh, Kananier. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Kananier, yeah. yeah. There you go. So um, we're gonna talk about those two fights. Um, but before we get started, uh, we want to you know talk, ask you a few questions outside of UFC. So let's say you know first one about them Lakers. No, Eli. Eli is a Celtics fan, so he. As soon as Lakers won, he texted me all salty. I don't know. They all caught up. They all caught up. We got to get one. We got to so, get one. Uh, and then the next question was, so right right before the break, we talked about, you know, Antonio Browns to the Bucks. And we know, Nico, you're, you're a Patriots fan, but you're also from Tampa currently. Or you live in Tampa, I should say, not from. But uh, you live in Tampa, so how do you feel about that, Mr. Tampa Bay? 
I mean, that's crazy, bro. I mean, like, I don't know why they got him, but you know, hey, hey, that's better for Brady. You know, more more weapons. So hey, hey, I'm I'm glad all this shit's going on here in Tampa because it's just right now everybody's going crazy about sports. It's pretty cool, you know. People see people happy about like football and shit now. So you know, I'm happy. I'm happy. We'll see what happens. But I'm still a Patriots fan, so you know, I hope the Patriots win anyways. I hope we get them in the Super Bowl though, and then we beat them. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think about the move, uh, Eli? Honestly, I think he was better off in Seattle. There's just there's just too many moving pieces in um, in Tampa for him to be there. He, he would have been better off with DK and Lockett because they're good players, but they're like less high of a caliber as like Mike Evans and uh, Chris Godwin. Well, not DK. DK's just ridiculous. He's out of this world. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I said that before the break that I think he should have went to Seattle. Um, but Fibo seems to think otherwise for fantasy purposes because he has uh, Tyler Lockett. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, um, well, now that we've asked that, uh, let's just jump into, you know, UFC, and that's the whole reason why we're here. Uh, but let's talk about, you know, the co-main event first. Um, the Whitaker uh, kind of near fight. Uh, what do you guys think about that move? Uh, let's start with you, Nico. Uh, I know you're big on, uh, you know, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I don't want to keep butchering it. Kananir? Kananir? Yeah. So, uh, I know you're big on him, so what do you think? Uh, I, I'm actually not that big on Kananir. I think I'm probably bigger on Whitaker, to be honest with you. <laughs> I think I've been watching some. I've actually been watching some of Kananir fights, and, and he, he he's impressive, man, for sure. He... He he could move around very, like very well. He has good footwork. I was watching him when he was a heavyweight, and he moved very well as a heavyweight. So, you know, I think he could give he could give Whitaker problems. But like Whitaker kind of said, I just don't see him being better than Whitaker in any aspect of the fight. I mean, I really haven't seen uh, Cannonier grapple so much, but but I know Whitaker's grappling is pretty good. Uh, it's it's a hard fight to pick for me, but if I think I think Whitaker takes it, I just maybe maybe because of the experience, you know, I think maybe he takes it. But I, I mean, to be honest, I but I, as much as I like Whitaker, I kind of want Cannonier to win, just like so to see him fight at Asanya. But at the same time, I know I, I think Whitaker is gonna win, so I think it's gonna be a rematch between Whitaker and well, Adesanya. I, I think regardless if he wins or not, he's gonna fight Adesanya eventually. Especially since Adesanya seems big on you know his fight style and big on on him. I think it'll happen eventually. Uh, it just might take a, a little longer if he doesn't obviously get the win. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what do you think about the fight, uh, Eli? I know you know we texted it a little bit. The other day, and I said, actually, I think this fight would, is going to be fight of the night or it might be even uh, a better fight than, you know, the main event, which everyone seems to be excited for. But let's hear your opinion about it. I think uh, Jared, the killer gorilla, is going to win. You know, it's, it's going to be in the first round. He's got to knock him out. Wow. Big prediction. He's got to knock him out. He's been, he's prediction been, fight. he's been, he's been fighting really good uh, since uh, his drop to middleweight. Yeah, yeah. middleweight. So he's won his last three fights. I I think he's got it. I want to see him win. I want to see him versus Adesanya. Yeah, I want to see that too. So yeah. Yes. I mean, I remember last time uh, Nico was on and we talked about uh, like we were talking about Adesanya's victory and like what snacks and things like that. Um, I came on and said that that I think Whitaker's gonna win and I hope that he 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 won the fight just for the fact simple fact that I want to see him get another uh fight against Adesanya. I think 
it wouldn't pan out as as it did the first time around. I think he won't get knocked out, and he has something to prove. Um, I didn't say he was going to be out of Sanya now, but I think it just wouldn't be, uh, you know, it'd be a better fight the, sec- the, sec- um, the second round. But I think if Kenanier loses, I think Dave, uh, Darren Till will be obviously a good opponent um, for, you know, the next person to fight Adesanya because Adesanya is interested in both of their uh, their fight styles and kind of wants to fight either one. And I think they're both going to get their chance eventually. Um, but I would like to see Whitaker get his rematch first. Um Javon, I don't know how you feel about it, but yeah, I mean, I I'm almost I'm almost inclined to pick uh, with with your cousin Eli. I think Kenanier is hungry. Um, he's been fighting really well, um, but I don't think it's going to be in the first round. I honestly think this is going to be a dog fight. Um, I think these guys are going to go at it. It's 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 what Whitaker likes to do. Is the kind of fight he likes to get into, and I don't see uh, you know Kenanier backing down from that. Uh, I think he has a little advantage in the length. I think he's going to be able to keep up with them. I got Ken and Air winning. I think it's going to be a great fight. And like you said, I, I could definitely see the potential of fight of the night here. Yeah, I think I think you make a good point, you know, with, uh, I mean, you guys make a good point because Kennedy has shown he has power, you know, and if he comes out strong, he could definitely put Whitaker away, you know, he, yeah. that's, the, I, I, that's a very realistic chance, you know, I just yeah. think the experience might... You know, yeah. put Whitaker just in a little I, ahead. I have, but I have Whitaker yeah. as well. If I didn't make that very clear, but um, <laughs> I think the only way Whitaker loses is by knockout, yeah. and I just don't see it happening unless he just gets hit with that one fighter's punch um, that just will slump him. But I think I think Whitaker will ultimately win in decision. I think it'll go all five rounds, and like Jovan said, I think it's going to be a dog fight. Um, I'm in Kenyer seems to be flying under the radar. Um, because a lot of people don't really know about him, and if they do know about him, he's not, you know, that flashy fighter, um, especially because he dropped down in weight, and no one really knew about him in the division, but, um, hey, he's been knocking dudes out left and right, so, exactly. so someone's getting knocked out, and I don't know if it's going to be Whitaker, but Eli <laughs> seems to think otherwise. <laughs> he has short fights. He has, like, an average of an 8- to 10-minute fight span. Yeah, so what happens when it get, when it goes longer than eight to ten? I think he's knocking out. He's on fire. He's on fire. I mean, I'm not, fire. I'm not saying your prediction is terrible. I'm just saying, but he's gonna get tested this fight because now he, I think it's gonna go longer than his typical yeah, yeah. fights. So let's see about that endurance, that durability, and like uh, Nico said, that that experience um, is it gonna hinder him or uh, will it you know help him? Yeah, for sure. So then now we're going to move on to, you know, the main event of the evening, the fight that everyone's been talking about. I know Eli, he texted me immediately uh, the other day. That's how the whole conversation started. He was like, yo, well, Ron, you got my boy Khabib in. So, <laughs> so he didn't even give Gaethje a chance. But I, I do think it's like Jovan said about the last fight. I think it's going to be a dog fight. Um, me and Eli talked about it a little bit. I, I think it'll be at least three rounds. Um I low-key feel like it's going to go the length. Um, I do have Khabib winning the fight um, just because I just – I feel like Gaethje's going to give him a challenge because he's probably the most experienced wrestler that he's fought. Um, and the only chance I really see him having of winning is if he stays in – keeps the fight in the middle of the octagon. If he goes against the ga- the cage, he's, he's screwed. Um, and – also, Khabib is going to get tested in terms of stepping in that zone where Gaethje likes to, you know, throw them haymakers left and right. 
uh, as you've seen in that Ferguson fight, he doesn't seem to slow down because he's throwing haymaker after haymaker. So, uh, like we talked about in, about the last fight, he just has a fighter's a, a puncher's chance essentially. It just takes one punch to knock someone out. So, um, I'd hate to see one of these guys lose just because I like both fighters. Um, especially, I like Khabib now even more. I feel I feel for the guy being that his dad passed away. Um, so I would like to see him win one for his father. Also, um, I'd like to see you know him fight GSP because that seems like it's inevitable if he wins. Um, but I feel like if he loses, everyone's not really going to give Gaethje the credit that he deserves. Everyone's going to talk about how he lost the fight and use his, the death of his father as an excuse. Um, like I get it's it plays a lot on the mental aspect, but you also got to give the man his credit if he does come out with the victory. Um, so I just feel like if he's not going to get his credit if he, you know if he uh, loses or he wins the fight, I should say, in terms of Gaethje. Yeah, I mean, I think this, I think, honestly, these are probably two of the uh, most mentally tough fighters in the UFC. Um, and I think uh, this is definitely, uh, he's, uh, Gaethje is definitely the toughest uh, opponent that Khabib's seen thus far. Uh, he's got, we've never seen Khabib uncomfortable in the octagon. I think he's got the best chance at making him uncomfortable, um, especially since, you know, he's been wrestling all, all, almost all his life, just as Khabib has. Uh, Khabib probably has wrestled a lot longer because I think Justin started when he said he, when he was eight. Um, but also, there's a lot of people saying that it's a different type of wrestling. You know what I mean? Like, what Khabib does compared to what Justin does is just, is it's wrestling, but it's just a whole different level of wrestling. It's way more technical. I mean, there's guys that have said, we haven't even seen, you know, Khabib's full bag of tricks. And to, to hear that, it's just scary considering how dominant he's been. Um, it's really hard to pick against them. Um, but if Justin is capable of getting back up, when Khabib is able to take him down, because that's really been the toughest thing is nobody can get up back off their feet. Um, so is, is Justin going to be able to get back up? And when he does, how is Khabib going to fare in the stand-up game? Because not only is Gaethje powerful, he's very accurate. Um, so for me, this is a really tough fight to pick, but I feel I feel it's so tough to pick against Khabib at this point, um, just because he's been so dominant. So I'm gonna just go with Khabib, but I won't be surprised <laughs> at all if Gaethje wins this fight. Um, the only person really to answer that wrestling question would be the wrestler in the in the room. So, uh, Mr. Eli, uh, care to explain? <laughs> He all American. He's got an incredible resume. He, he defends eighty percent of takedowns, but I don't know. Khabib's takedowns are just different. He's just a different breed. If he's got a again with the knockouts, I think he's got to knock him out to beat him. The only one person is one around against Khabib, and that's Conor McGregor. So he's 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 got to keep his distance, defend the takedowns, and and try to rattle Khabib. Yeah, and I think uh, Cormier mentioned like. He's never felt someone as strong as Khabib. Um, up in unless like he said, his strength is like someone in you know heavyweight. Yeah. So to you know compare that, uh, I don't know if Gaethje's you know experienced that with the other fighters, but um, that's pretty scary just to think about. And even when he was talking about, "Hey, um, can I do another you know breakdown of your fights?" and he said, "Yeah," he goes, "But I'm gonna have to tell people your secrets." He goes, "Tell them." They know, but they can't stop. And I'm like, 
I'm like, damn, that boy's bad. He's like, yeah. That's that's the thing. I think that's the thing about Khabib. You know, um, it's just you know exactly what he's gonna do, but he's still gonna do it. You know, like it's just it doesn't matter. You know, it was kind of kind of like with GSP, but he took it to maybe a, a, a different level. You know, for me, I mean, I feel like this fight is definitely a fight of like what ifs. Like if you thought maybe the McGregor fight was that like that, this is even worse. You know, like with McGregor, he only you know it was literally. You know, is he gonna be able to get up? Is he gonna be able to beat him up when he's there standing? But now it's it's like that, but it's different now. You know, you, you know Gage is probably gonna be able to get up. You know, you know Gage he probably will get up. He's not gonna be like Connor. And to be honest, I'm more scared of of Gage's striking at this point than Connor's. I mean, because Gage only throws like real powerful shots. Every shot he's taking, yeah, he 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 throws is hard. So it, yeah. Oh yeah, man. And and, and like it's, and him, his last fight, he showed that he could be more patient and not gas like he used to before. You know, and and I think that's another question too. I think Khabib, I, th I think Khabib will take him down. I think that's kind of a fact now. Khabib will take him down, and I think Gaethje will be able to get back up. Now, the question is, how how much is Gaethje going to be able to get back up and not be taken back down? And if, if, if he can't do that, you know, like, he might be able to get Khabib tired, you know, towards the end of the fight because you're going for a lot of takedowns gets you tired. Even if you're Khabib, he's going to get tired eventually, you know, so... I think it's it's so many like it's so many variables in this fight. It's just crazy, and I, I do think it's gonna be his, his his toughest test. So you know, so far, and but but with all that said, I just I still can't see Khabib losing. I just can't. And uh, until I until I see somebody beat Khabib, I'm not gonna pick against him. It's just as simple as that. Like Khabib is just he's just too good at what he does. You know what he's gonna do, but he's still gonna do it, and, and and he's just you know he's just in a different level right now, and, and you know in terms of it's not just he's wrestling, it's just his all around like game. You know he knows what to do. Like he 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 stood around up with with Connor, which was supposed to be the best striker in the world, and he I was mean, fine. He didn't get hurt, you know. He even dropped. Striking's him. just gotten better and better. Um, yeah, as, as his fights went on, like I seen that breakdown that Cormier did of the Conor McGregor fight, um, yeah. where he was. You know, constantly taking him down. So then he, he fainted, like if he was going to go for a takedown, and he dropped his arms, and he came around and hit him uh, right in the jaw. So, uh, so he, he's super smart, super smart of a fighter. What scares me is Gaethje came out and said that he didn't even go back and watch Khabib's fights at all. Uh, he said, "I watched them as a fan, he's lying. and, and <laughs> I need to go back." So that kind of worries me. But I think. Um, the only way he has, I, well, I think the strategy going in is obviously keep it in the middle of the ring and not, not on the fence, but he's going to try to, you know, keep him on the feet. He's going to want to stand and strike with him. Um, he, he's going to wrestle when needed, obviously, because he's going to eventually hit the, hit the mat. Um, but I don't think he's going to initiate that. I think it's going to be Khabib that's going to try to take him down, take him to the mat, just to, like to, uh, your point, Nico, to tire him out just so that. It's easier for him down at the um, at the end of the like the the ending the uh, championship rounds you can say the fourth and fifth rounds because yeah. um, it's gonna help him in terms of striking in the later rounds. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean another another th big thing I think for Gaethje is um, because I don't think that uh, I don't think that Khabib's gonna want to stand with him. Uh, like I said, he's I too know. powerful, he's too accurate. Khabib's I gonna wouldn't want to, to. to the floor. Um, but the big key is how much damage is Gaethje gonna be able to do while they're standing? Because um, in my opinion, I think if he gets to, if he does enough damage, you know, in the stand-up game, 
Um, he could definitely, you know, waver Khabib a little bit going yeah. onto the ground. Hitting him with those hard, accurate punches could definitely take some of the wind out of wind out behind Khabib. Uh, make his ground game a little less, um, you know, a little less rough on him. I mean, those shots are not easy to take. So getting him with some good ones before he's able to get you down is a big key. I mean, you've got to really land a lot of shots to, uh, you know, keep him off his day game, keep him, you know, kind of on his toes. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only thing that I mean. That's the only thing that Khabib has struggled with a little bit, you know. Just maybe yeah. like a good, good striker like Michael Johnson that was able to tag him once, yeah. but you know, Poirier was you know able to tag him once too, and obviously Connor did okay for one round. But, but yeah, I mean that's that's the, yeah exactly. I mean, it, it, but I think Gaethje. That's what I'm saying. You know, I think Gaethje yeah. has that good chance because he yeah. has that good striking. You know, he yeah. he has a good chance of hurting him, and he's he hurts people you know more than the other guys. You yeah. know, he'll hurt him. I think he's the most. I think he's the most well-rounded um, fighter. Yeah. That that could be I had McGregor winning that fight, yeah. but that's because I was expecting more of a striking. Um, but we know what happens when you take him to the ground. He really has no ground game. Oh, yeah. So I think Gaethje, with his wrestling background, has he stands a bet the best chance of oh, yeah. you know dethroning yeah. Khabib. Um, yeah, for sure. And and he, I I like that he's not really talking shit. Um, I think he's very humble and he respects Khabib. Um, he's not you know over over um. Overthinking the fight, it seems like he's not overlooking Khabib. Um, he's taking it for what he is. Like the one move I liked is when they were taking the picture on the beach, and you know they gave him the belts to take a picture, and he kind of gave the belt back. He's like, I don't want that shit. I want that. Yeah. Shit. And he pointed at the belt, he, and Khabib looked at him and was like, "You're the champion." And he was like, "Whatever." And so, just a sign of respect is dope. But um, hey, yeah. I think I think that'll play in his favor in the fight. Um, just because you know what Khabib does when he doesn't like you at all. Beating the shit out of uh, Connor, he goes, "We talk, we talk, we it's talk." Time to talk. <laughs> and then Connor, as the round ends, he goes, "It's business." <laughs> <laughs> so, but he really business, like, can't stand him. He can't even say Connor's name. So, uh, I think he's gonna play in his favor because he's not gonna try to, you know, break his neck. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we'll see. But hey, I'm telling you, man, I think Khabib is going to still be a champion at the end of the night. Yeah, yeah we all seem to have uh, Khabib winning the fight unless Gaethje knocks him out, it seems like. And the crazy thing is that we, we've all said that he's going to be his toughest test, but we all pick Khabib. You know, it's crazy because yeah. that's just how, he, how good he is. That's just I mean, how good Khabib is. exactly what you said, Nico. Until you come, at this point, until you see him lose... You're not going to pick against him because it's just hard to see it. Even even as talented as Gaethje is, and he is yeah, talented, exactly. it's not taking nothing away from him. All of us picking him, it's just it's tough to see him lose because that's how good he is as well. You know, that's how good as a champion he's been. That's how dominant a fighter he's been. So yeah, it's like, it's like the fucking Undertaker. I mean, yeah. until he loses, you can't pick against him. Yeah. And when he does, yeah. we all gonna look like that one guy in the crowd, <laughs> super shocked. Like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so we're all excited. I'm excited for the pay-per-view we all seem to be excited guys make sure um, you tune in I mean it's an earlier pay-per-view than we were accustomed to uh, Javon actually told me because I would have missed the whole pay-per-view yeah, yeah. start at 12 main card starts at 2 so uh, make sure to tune in but before we leave uh, let's start with you Eli do you have anything you want to promote um, anything no you sure we know 
Uh, you stream now? Uh, <laughs> I retired. I retired. I retired from that. Uh, you don't want people to go watch your matches in college? Nothing? <laughs> Maybe. Castleton Wrestling. All right. Throw out your go. Instagram so people can go. follow you. All right. Are you going to tell us yours? <laughs> oh, my Instagram? Yeah. Oh. EC380. EC380. All right. Uh, Nico, you got anything to promote? Hey, nothing, man. Just, you know, like the race won, like I said, you know, against the Yankees. Now we're in the, in the World Series. The, the Lightning won. We might have two champions in Tampa this year. Maybe if the Bucks win three, bro, Tampa is, is hot right now, bro. You, you guys got to move here. I'm telling you, man. You guys are hot with that Corona. <laughs> hey, it don't matter, bro. We, we only mean to that. Uh, <laughs> and follow me on Instagram, like always. Nico, Nico Bancalari, yeah, hopefully they put it somewhere again, you know, so, you know, okay, thank you. Spell it out, spell it out. Yeah. Ah, come on, bro. <laughs> N-I-C-O-B-A-N-C-A-L-A-R-I. You already know. All right, we'll, we'll throw it in the description uh, just in case you don't understand his, uh, his accent. <laughs> uh, but as always, we appreciate you guys for tuning in. Um, make sure to, you know, go like, follow, and subscribe. Uh, hey, the episode... We'll be dropping per usual, and our weekly pick them will be dropping before Sunday's one o'clock games. So stay tuned for that as well. Giovanni, you want to say say anything before we leave? Nothing, not much. Just thanks for watching. As always, uh, follow, like, subscribe. Uh, show these guys some love on their pages. Uh, when Eli starts streaming again, when he comes out of retirement like Jordan, uh, you know, make sure you uh, show him some love as well. So that's all. Alrighty. Uh, so with that being said. Uh, we'll, we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace. You're talking about balls deep. I'm talking about balls deep. We're talking about balls deep in love. I'm talking about balls deep. My boy's talking about balls deep. We're talking about balls deep in love.